0: Hi, Sean. Uh, welcome back. Thanks, Thanks, Adam. Great to be here. The last time I forgot actually which release it was, but it's a long time ago. So it's uh, like half a year.
1: Uh, is it that long? No, I don't think so. I think we spoke in the fall, because I think we spoke about the tw- our Grovium 21.3 release, which was an LTS release, mm-hmm. and I think we put off talking for a couple of releases just so we had some you know uh, enough content to sort of go over. Because mm-hmm. uh, we have a three-month release cycle, right? So some some months are busy, some are, are less busy, and then usually because of the you know the New Year break, less work <laughs> less work gets done in that uh, that first quarter. Mm-hmm. So it uh, was at uh, the beginning of December. So um, right five months that makes sense. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. So we had release in November. Yeah, is that right?
0: And the current release is twenty one, one twenty two one. And um, it was, I think, last week. So um, April 26th
1: was released. Um, I think it's just before that. Oh, really? The 19- oh, no. Sorry. So, so actually, this that actually is a good topic. So actually, there's there's uh, the Community Edition went out on the 26th. I think that's correct. Okay. We actually had to release the Enterprise Edition a little bit earlier. And it's an interesting story. Uh, this is the open source world. But we are downstream of OpenJDK, right, mm-hmm. for Community Edition. Uh-huh. And for Enterprise Edition, we're downstream of Oracle JDK, which, you know, it's almost the same thing, but not, not really. Not quite. So um, we had the problem in the 22.0 release, I think it was, where at the last minute, like the last day, OpenJDK said there are security fixes. Uh-huh. So we couldn't we couldn't ship on the day of. And in fact, you would have seen this other downstream releases. Everyone had to absorb, take the time to absorb those security fixes, late-breaking late fixes uh, to do the builds, do QA, you know, bake those images, bake those binaries, and so on. So, we decided that uh, we would give ourselves time from now on to deal with any late showing, you know, late uh, the available OpenJDK security fixes. So it's it's no big deal, but it, uh, it did kind of create this oddness in our release uh, schedule. Okay, but I'm really
0: happy. I've been uh, about the twenty two one the recent release. Um, it supports
1: M one silicon. Which is huge. yes, yes, and I'm I'm I have one too, and it's it's good to have it uh, for sure. I mean, I don't know about you, but so far the M1 transition hasn't been the easiest thing, mostly due to Docker. You know, um, the uh, I've mistakenly downloaded images which aren't tagged as multi and I learned this this morning actually from one of my colleagues. <clears throat> if you're getting an image that's that's set up as multi architecture, if you try to pull it. It will warn you, right? Like, hey, no, there's no build for you. If it's not defined as a multi-architecture image and you pull it, it downloads just fine. It even runs, and then you get odd errors. So, I tried to get an Oracle uh, database, uh, ah, ex- yeah. Oracle XE, right? Yeah. I pull it down,
0: and after half everything. an hour,
1: you get strange errors, right? So, it,
0: it everything works, and and then you know, uh, it it, uh, it it then it stops, right? After
1: after a while. No, actually, I had faster failure. So I first it was failing on a network problem. I'm like, okay, let me just. It runs in in, in background mode, right by default. Like the uh, this is from uh, Gerald Benzel, uh his his images, and he puts minus d, so you background it, so you kind of don't see it. And you realize this isn't working, so you turn that off. Then it no, it was actually it was starting up the container. It was running the shell script to boot the database, and it was failing in there. Uh, yes, it was a, it was an interesting error, but it was it was not obvious, right? You are on the wrong architecture, and uh, I've, I also talked talking to one of my support uh, support lead, and he was saying the other thing that can go wrong is you have the right architecture for the OS, but you got the wrong binary, mm-hmm. right? So now we're in a world of like the OS is changing, the architecture is changing, uh, Docker images. I mean, it's a mess. Uh, but,
0: uh, is um, the will the Oracle database run on M1? Because uh, I, I read there is like. Um, they they in one point of ten they will support ARM
1: based CPUs right because of the cloud and I'm you know I, I don't know I have no inside information on this but okay. uh, it does make sense given that we're rolling out the uh, Oracle Cloud uh, mm-hmm. Ampere A1 machines you know we have a mm-hmm. bunch right now <clears throat> I, I mean um, I would assume this is going to be the thing because ARM is taking over the servers the server space quite well it's mm-hmm. making progress in the server space but right now I, I have no knowledge of this it would be handy cuz now i'm in this weird position i have this nice apple m1 machine and some things don't run right yeah in a Docker container anyway
0: i tried last year i think and uh and and it worked at the beginning and then it stopped and then did some research and there were some no <laughs> uh, and then there were some some discussions around that when it is going to support and so so this was um exactly my my experience as well yeah and the graal v m also this was a long st- um a long uh on, on the wish list actually a github mm-hmm. issue right and uh and one of the reasons what i understood is that gral v m does not support m one because you there was uh, there there was no hardware which had enough memory for c. i. c. d. pipeline right so what i read, well, this was like a, a, a <clears throat> it's part story. of the story
1: Yes, part of the story if all you can get is a little um you know mac mini yeah uh, I mean it's fine for running things on building and well actually tell you the truth, it's testing, right? Like you have some really big tests and those old Mac minis couldn't do it. So hardware is the solution. The funny thing is you could you could buy uh you know a laptop with enough power, but mm-hmm. you couldn't get, you know, somewhere we have a we have a data set, you know, we have a place in I think it's in California where we have a racks of these minis and mm-hmm. uh, they weren't really up to it. So it's 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 true, right? There's the hardware was an influence for sure. I mean then there's still, you know He's still on ARM, there's still changes, right? Like optimizing for ARM. And so we already had ARM support. That wasn't the, the key thing. Um, but yeah, it's silly practical things like hardware.
0: What, what was really funny is I watched this for a while. So, okay, this is interesting that they don't have, you know, uh, a, a hardware to build that. Uh, uh, this was uh, uh, not funny. I mean, it's absolutely understandable, but but funny because, you know, it is a minor, minor thing which stops the entire thing, right? So it was like,
1: uh, yeah. Yeah, because you got this you know complicated infrastructure for doing builds, tests, and so on, right? Mm-hmm. Like we've got a farm of machines, right? So what's in the farm? Um if you can only get machines with sixteen gig of RAM, uh there's not a lot you can do with that farm.
0: Mm-hmm. So we have now M1 support and We're good. um yeah. And uh, it is official with twenty one, twenty twenty two one or once before. So it came no, right now. 22, right? Twenty two one. Yeah. To one, exactly. Yeah. And yeah. um so it works exactly like Intel? So you can just download GraalVM with native image? no difference, right? So
1: Yeah, I was using it myself uh, on the local machine. It works fine. I was playing with it you know, because I uh, was comparing, right? So mm-hmm. it's interesting to compare. Like, you use the this Intel the version. Next question, what's, what's
0: you know, the, the, the experience, uh, Intel versus ARM uh, native right. image compilation GraalVM?
1: Yeah, that's, that's the good question. Um, so in, there was emulation mode, right? So we run the Rosetta mm-hmm. 2 right um then there was running it on linux in a docker container i arm, arm i was doing that mm-hmm. right so this so this is this is better so the native the, the rosetta 2 performance wasn't as good um then what i was doing was i had a nice cloud machine 16 core 64 gig whatever i had something beefy in the cloud um and i was trying to measure all these, the differences and then there's the native one so before i had the native m1 build i was trying docker local if i cranked up the memories Sufficiently for the VM, I could get actually close to the cloud performance. This is this is actually Docker Linux on M1 was equal to this fairly beefy cloud machine. So the performance is good. Now the native one will run. I think I. Don't but the know cloud the machine was
0: Xeon or something like this, right? Intel.
1: Uh, yes, it was. It was. Mm-hmm. So it was. Mm-hmm. It was a pretty yeah, and lots of memory, lots of cores, right? So mm-hmm. so <clears throat> you know you can go so fast. Native image will only go so fast. Uh, it will require certain you know. Theres a point which more cores and more threads don't help you right uh-huh. or memory doesn't help you so because some of the processes I know are are, par- are serial and some are parallel so the parallel processes uh-huh. we, we win and then at some point you don't, don't doesn't help anymore but uh, this I have an app I have a 16 uh, an 1 16 inch uh, M1 is it max yeah max uh-huh. Uh-huh. Uh, and it's as powerful as that it's as fast as, a, as that big cloud machine okay so I'm happy. That's
0: interesting because uh, the the single core performance is not as huge from the from the M1, right? So actually, I thought that Intel should be actually faster. So it's amazing that it isn't.
1: Again, it's 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 not just one thing, right? There's memory and there's yeah. there's uh, cores, exactly. and then there's just the complexity. I mean, you know, it's always like your management. vary. I was testing something. I don't recall what it was I was testing, but uh, yeah. Well, what's crazy though is I've got a you know consumer, well Mac Pro. Right? Laptop that's got this incredible amount of power in it. It really is that fast. Yeah. Because it's funny because day to day, if you're using it, maybe you've tried this, right? Everyone goes, oh, they're so fast. But when you're using it, it doesn't feel super fast because all the cores are idle. If you watch the cores, yeah. two cores, the, the low energy cores or the low uh, you know, efficiency cores do all the work. Mm-hmm. So it's it's hard to try and push that this Mac or the, you know, find workloads that can really take advantage of the cores.
0: Mm-hmm. And um, prior to M1, you had Intel Mac, I assume, right? Yeah, Intel Mac. Yeah. So what is the difference now between a native compilation GraalVM on Intel and 2M1?
1: Uh, OK, so that 2017 MacBook 13, I would mm-hmm. not use it, right? It has 16 gig of RAM. It's just not usable. I, I use a cloud machine. Just because it's, it was just so slow. It was just so slow, right? Compared to... But this was already i9, right? So it was uh, i7 um, I think it's a 7. It's not that great. It was like, it's, okay. it's a Pro, but it's like a 13-inch, 13, 13 which isn't the, the big end, okay. end right? <clears throat> it, was, it was painful, uh, like I've gone from like a five minute build to like a minute build oh right I think that's mm-hmm. the kind of jump i've mm-hmm. gone through and and then you play games with um again if you're using docker to build containers that's that's where you i think that's where I was really paying a lot because if you, you really have to crank up the ram for docker if you everyone no one pays attention but you install docker and it gives you i think two gig by default for the uh, the virtual machine, which is not enough mm-hmm. not for native image mm-hmm. so
0: what i what what I actually did on um for for an um, GraalVM comp- uh, compilation, I always uh, took uh, spot instances. So, uh, you know, mm-hmm. unused capacity mm-hmm. in the cloud. So I could get, you know, yeah. actually very cheaply a huge instances. This, this was fun, actually, because you yeah, could, yeah. you know, preload everything and then compile, you know, get the native image, store it somewhere. And uh, this is what I did. And this worked actually surprisingly well. Yeah, that's actually
1: a pretty, if you're not in a hurry, it's, it's a good, good strategy. Did you yeah. see um, we had a live stream? Uh, for the 22.1 launch. And uh, Fabio Niephaus showed that he's using, he, he's written GitHub Action Support for Native Image mm-hmm. for both uh, Community and Enterprise Edition. And he was doing the builds on Oracle uh, Ampere A1 machine because you can get, that's in our always free tier. So Oracle Cloud has always free. You get 24 gig of RAM and four cores, I think. And so there's, so the the, the ARM cores are, one hyperthread, right? So it's like half a Intel core. But you get four cores, 24 gig of RAM, and he was using that as his uh, build machine, or his mm-hmm. runner, right, for mm-hmm. GitHub Actions. So that's kind of interesting. So it's pretty beefy, actually. Mm-hmm. Quite and nice uh,
0: the GitHub Actions are, uh, I mean, how, how to get them? Are they uh, in a repository, or uh, how to
1: use them? Yeah, they're in um, they GitHub. in GitHub. Oh, <laughs> they're in GitHub. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> of course, yes. Uh, can I? You know the project, can you I? Can t- t- Yes. No. It's <laughs> project Can I?
0: Is <laughs> can I? It was a Sun project, a very similar to GitHub. Can I oh. oh. <laughs> you, you don't remember that? This just was like ten years I. ago. You know, it was like uh, it was. I think it was Mercurial based project. It Makes was sense. announced at Java one, and um, mm-hmm. and I had a lots of open source stuff there. So this was just joke. Now with the Can I? Uh, this is uh, no more alive for ten years
1: or something. I do or not remember this at all. <laughs> sorry no but uh it's really it's really good, so we gave a demo um, uh, fabio gave a demo uh, of doing this and uh yeah, it's great
0: i would put it to show notes so um, because the GitHub Actions uh, are pretty usable. I, I, I pretty assume good. that you yeah. can also have, um, you can c- compile for different platforms as well with GitHub Actions, right? So I could, I yes. could create images for Windows and uh, Linux and Mac at the same time.
1: Yes, and that was demoed. I think uh, Todd Sharp was demoing that last year. He had a, a nice example of doing all three, right? Exactly. Uh, actually, also, I think also the J releaser is using, um, has a native image. Actually, I'm not sure whether it's production yet, the GA, but the using native image, which... I guess uh, it will have multi-arch support for release. Mm-hmm. Okay. And it's GitHub Action.
0: The, um, yeah, the recent release, uh, what I also read is also interesting. It seems like whatever is annotated ends up being in the image, right? So this is one of the features. So I think this was my, my understanding, at least. It is, and whatever class are annotated,
1: they're you mean annotated? You mean annotated to be included?
0: Yeah, are to be included, I thought you know yeah, yeah, regardless got yeah. which annotations so okay, no, this will yeah, be no. interesting because uh, it would mean you know um, <laughs> all my Java applications are out out of the box you know uh, native which capable
1: yeah <laughs> so well it's funny because you you know if you look at things like Micronaut right which is doing annotation processing you could do uh-huh. this. you can they calculate exactly what needs to be included.
0: Yeah, Cocos does the right? same because uh, no, yeah. all classes which are injectable have to be annotated. So I think, okay, this is not that far off. So if, if you have a yeah. GraalVM and you say, okay, all the an- whatever, if you have annotation on class, method, whatever, it gets automatically included. So this could be actually a viable option.
1: Yeah. I did see a project that was, um, was called GraalVM Hints. I think it was, and it was someone who's a written annotation processor to let you add annotations onto your classes. It would generate reflection mm-hmm. config for you, so it's just basically a shorthand. It, it saves you typing text, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but I think that um, I think that we'd like a more um, a more standard approach, right, for this. So yeah, mm-hmm.
0: okay. Now this was like you know freestyle conversation. Now go to more structured, you know. Approach? So <laughs> <Okay>. what? <laughs> so the big features, of course, M1 uh, support on ARM support. I, I assume not only M1, also ARM support, right? So oh, Arm, Arm, means to- ARM
1: came before. ARM was already out for Linux.
0: Yeah, exactly. Because yeah. Uh, I know that it already run on Raspi before, right? So uh, yep. yeah,
1: yeah. Yeah, And I, I had tried that. I, um, again, same thing, right? You can't really compile. You can't run native image on a Pi because it's too small. Mm-hmm. At least the one I have too small. So I ran on the yeah, Oracle A1 machine. Uh, and then I put a 64-bit OS uh, on the um, the Pi. <clears throat> so when I compiled native image, I compiled it with the option to, to statically link everything but glibc. Mm-hmm. So I had everything pretty much you know, I needed, zlib and so on, and copied the binary over. It works fine. So I don't know how far that goes. Um, I was my, I was trying a simple hello world, but you know you need a, a beefier machine. Um, I guess I guess I can do it on my. Mac in a Linux container. Now that I've got the uh, got that working, same okay. thing. Cross, comp- you know, build on build somewhere else, but deploy to Pi. And the um, A one
0: uh, Oracle uh, CPU is it uh, Oracle Silicon or is it
1: uh, you know it's, what it is? It's uh, it's Ampere. Okay. So and that's I think that Amazon also recently announced Ampere server. So um, we I think Oracle is a big investor in Ampere. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's one of the one of the business relationships we have, right? So they're building servers, and we're buying servers. Um, but I think also Amazon's a customer of those Ampere uh, machines. Okay,
0: so interesting yeah. times. So um, yeah, because uh, Amazon usually has the Graviton their own CPU. So interesting they also.
1: Um, yeah, I'm not sure if it's Graviton a brand name or a, is it a chip? I don't know actually. Uh,
0: I know it's a chip right now. So, but may, yeah. maybe they invest in something else as well.
1: So who knows? Um, yeah, they you know, but those chips. Those thing is the the revolution of this of these is that the the cores are cheap, super cheap, right? When you're paying for cores in the cloud, they're like penny penny cores, they call them, right? They're like a penny an hour or something, something insane. Like the math is just shifting. We're realizing that memory is more expensive now, right? Memory becomes more of a limiting factor than the cores. Cores, you can get lots of them, uh, but memory costs still hasn't come down like the core pricing has come down.
0: Yeah, it is actually right. Because, uh, you know, the four core machine back then, it was very, very expensive, like a workstation, you know, everything which was multi-core, yeah, and yeah. right now it doesn't matter anymore.
1: Um, no. Mm-hmm. No, it means you need to optimize your mem- for memory. Like you can, you, you can chew up cores, it's okay, but you need to, for runtime, you need to optimize memory footprint. That's where you save some money now.
0: But this is still strange because if you're running, for instance, AWS Lambda, you only mm-hmm. get more CPU with more RAM.
1: That platform does that, yes. This is typical f- functions, right? But they don't have to do that. Yeah, exactly. You can use uh, Google Cloud Run, right, which is just container as a service. I believe you mm-hmm. can choose um, cores and RAM. I think that's mm-hmm. going to be coming. I mean, function simplifies the world for you. Mm-hmm. But in future, um, I think you'll see more flexibility.
0: Yes, because it's one of the reasons w- um, why I'm not using Growl VM a lot. Because uh, in order to get more CPU, I have to buy my memory. And if I have two gigs of RAM, <laughs> I, I don't care. <laughs> because my application you know, needs like 256 me- uh, max, and uh, I get two gigs of RAM. So uh, I, I, actually, memory it, it was never an issue in the cloud because uh, I would like to have at least you know, one CPU. And if you, if you would like to buy one CPU, you get two gigs of RAM. So it's like uh, cool times for, for Java right. developers. But if this changes... Then it's
1: a big time for GraalVM, I would say. Well, like I say, it's the serverless platforms are this way. They don't. They don't have to be. I mean, if you look at the, because uh, I worked on Oracle Functions, right? So I worked on the Functions uh, service on Oracle Cloud, and I was looking at the competitors closely, right? Like looking at the pricing and so on. And Google, at the time, and it's still, I think it's still the case. But you look at Google uh, Cloud Functions, and they have a, they have gigahertz and memory. Mm-hmm. They actually have two parts to their pricing and if you look at it closely it really was and maybe i said this to you before somehow i feel like i said this before but if you look at the pricing uh they were tied together so it's like mm-hmm. you know if you increase the gigahertz you increase memory like so that's so it's a it's an illusion that you have choice but really you didn't have choice they both exactly together mm-hmm. you know yeah but um i don't see any reason why as we go forward um we wouldn't be able to cha- choose both right yeah uh, this
0: would change uh, actually um what's uh, what's interesting right in the cloud so i um, the entire cloud architecture is about economics. It changes completely, right? So if you are on-premise, so, um, you know, we we, we, we we spend time, you know, about performance optimizations and decoupling and modularization, whatever. And in, if you are in the cloud, you know, costs are the factor. And um, I, I was in a project where they, they, uh, the budget was like, you know, um, they didn't care about the budget. I say, okay, but if you don't care about the budget in the cloud, I mean, then we will just I will buy you know two largest EC2 machines and we are done, right? I mean, <laughs> then, yeah. then I mean, uh, d- then is no the architecture is over. I mean, then we can you know install uh, two application servers and it will run you know with uh, with uh, with, uh, with with milliseconds latency and and we go home. We did, you could exactly the architecture twenty years ago, right? And uh, it makes only it only makes sense the entire architecture. If costs are a factor, and if they change, you know the uh, serverless, the economics of serverless, this will have will have huge impact on the design choices and architectures,
1: right? So yeah, we know right? we know that serverless are, are expensive, right? Compared to mm-hmm. if you if you have a workload suitable for serverless, which is intermittent or intermittent, yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, but if you're running 24/7 full full out, then you're going to lose money. You're you're paying too much money, right? Because you're paying a premium for that interruptibility.
0: Yeah, it's it really now if you if you compare it to what? So if you compare it let's say to uh, to uh to, to, to containers, game, right? or is it two? You are right. Yeah. But if you compare yeah. it to Kubernetes, not always right, because uh and if you have um serverless, what you can do, yeah, this is still interesting discussion because um I have to to, to uh to to decide or to suggest something there over and over again. If you if you if you pick something like Kubernetes, the problem you have is you cannot have you know one Kubernetes cluster per developer. You could have, but it's no more economical. But with serverless, you can absolutely have. Mm-hmm. So you can have you know very nice isolated uh, test environment per developer, mm-hmm. because you are paying per invocation. So it's completely different
1: economics. Yeah, yeah, it's it's interesting. Yeah, the, the cloud is, is the whole economics thing is is interesting for sure. This is the yeah, de- and
0: and the GraalVM device. is related because you know um, we have you know, the conversation with GraalVM is okay. Look, if you go to serverless. We get you know two, gig, two gigs of RAM. Cold start is maybe a problem, but um, this this is you no know, the the, the GralVM is a uh, in Java is, comes always to discuss into discussion you now. If if you if you're in the in the cloud, you know uh, it's like an interesting sure. topic.
1: Well, there was a there's a series in InfoQ right now uh, mm-hmm. on um, Java and cloud, specifically native image, native compilation, right? Um, and you're seeing the same themes being repeated. Uh, the editors made some comments about Java suitability for cloud. You saw this from the Kubernetes article. Um Alina Yurenko, my colleague, had uh, the lead article in that introducing Crawl VM native image. And um it's it's about cl- it's about Java suitability for cloud. Just take a look. Um, you know, they're they're making arguments about why why are we doing why are we using native compilation? Not that Java doesn't work. Java works great in the cloud, right? But there are advantages mm-hmm. for sure. Um, the
0: advantage of cold start, right? So with uh, with uh, with the native image, um, you get even faster
1: cold start. So uh, you can save some money for sure, right now. Yeah, I don't even think I, everyone talks about cold start. I'm not sure cold start's the big thing because, like you said, in Kubernetes clusters, like in a thing of a, a pod takes forever, right? <clears throat> uh, if you're on if you're on if you're on shared compute, you'll you'll see this. Like you know, if you if you're managing it yourself, you would see a benefit. But it's resource consumption. Right. So if you can cut your resource consumption again, back to memory, if I can cut memory significantly, um, like the example the uh, the Spring team um, had posted was 75% memory savings on Spring Pet Clinic, right? Compiled. Yeah. 75%. Uh, this is what right? I also observed,
0: so, um, you know, uh, Quarkus. Uh, uh, on on JVM and uh, on GraalVM is even more. It's like uh, uh, you you're saving ninety percent. It was incredibly small. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And no, this you know if you were compiling you know a massive app server it would be different. But there's a smaller application, so that you it's more pronounced. The savings mm-hmm. are pronounced, right? Um, so I think that's where you see it. And again, if co- if cores are cheap and memory is expensive, then we're optimizing for the, then you're optimizing for memory. You want smaller, right? Yeah, you want lighter.
0: If they change the economics, right?
1: <laughs> yep. we need we need really cheap memory. Well, if we got cores cheap, we need memory cheap, and then of course network, all the all the pieces, right? <laughs> okay, next feature, Sean. Well, I'll give you the I'll give you the features, or do so you want to do not tell, don't tell me the features you want to know about? I mean, yeah, there's things in twenty two one. There was a big feature in Native Image uh, around the quick build. Did you see the quick build?
0: Uh, uh, we had already a chat the last time about the quick build, right?
1: No, that- no, it's, it's a new feature.
0: Yes, came out. but but maybe you pre-announced that. So there was Did like I? you know we talk about options that you can decide mm-hmm. you know um, whether you would like to do a faster build uh, or uh, yeah impact. I think I
1: told you we were we were looking working at it yeah so it's come out yeah so oh, mm-hmm. there's a there's a minus o uh, for optimization you can do b for build so minus o b mm-hmm. and uh, you end up with. Uh, significantly faster build times like much faster build times because we basically just aren't doing optimization it's the old I'm in I'm in dev I don't need all this you know high level of optimization turn them off don't do them uh, the images are bigger because we're not spending so much time excluding uh, classes um, they're a bit slower because we haven't optimized the code t- to the extent we would but it gives you a faster turnaround uh-huh. so if you're using like the maven or Gradle uh, plugins you can build a native image and it can Base, it can bake your JUnit tests into the binary and then run those tests, right? So you can do that in a relatively, you know, orderly manner, right? Like faster. Right, rather than waiting five minutes, you're waiting. Well, what's the number I've got? I've got an example here. And this again, I, I hate to say it. I think it's Spring Pet Clinic because it's uh, it's, it's the most yeah. well-known example, right? Spring, Spring Pet, Pet Clinic
0: JDBC, so according to Sean. That's the
1: one. Yeah, that's what I've got. So what is it now? So in 21, 22.1, Regular build is around, well, actually, I think I put a note in here, didn't I? Um, 22 is two minutes, and it's about two minutes for the build. And with the quick build, it's down to about 115, mm-hmm. 117. Mm-hmm. So you shave off uh, quite a bit. I think it's, uh, how much did I say here? Yeah, it's 30, 38% faster, right? Which is a significant savings. So this is our first go at this, though. So we're this is the first time this feature has. Um, been released right and how like, much versus from
0: you know size the disk size doesn't matter i would say but uh, start time and the performance do you have
1: I start mean? time is is fine start time is, is still fine it's, it's more the p- throughput will not be as will not be peak right? okay so we won't have done as many optimizations um because we do a lot of enrolling and inlining and stuff that we won't we won't do um, just so you can know okay yes everything is baked into the image like it's there what you said you need is there, so you can run your test, and you can be confident that you know it's there. Um, so the start time is the same uh, because you think of start time, we're we're basically just not doing all the JVM startup, whether it's optimized or not, right? We uh-huh. don't start. It. We're not starting up the JIT compiler and all that stuff. So what's what's just the use case of that? The use case of that is
0: to to pre-check whether the build is going to be successful, right?
1: Yes. Yes, and get rapid feedback, right? Okay. So one of the one of the things we are bad at today is uh, failing fast, right? So you always say fail fast. It fails fast, too fast. So it fails on your first bug, uh-huh. right? And then you want to go around. So what we are um, obviously looking at is can we not do that? Can we collect a few uh-huh. um, things and not just fail right away? So that would be good. But right now it's still in the still mode, same mode of if you hit a terminal bug, it's going to stop the build. Uh, so you want it to iterate fast. Uh-huh. When you get to that point, right? JFR events is the next one. Yeah, there's a few more added. This is Red Hat. So Red Hat's been really good about contributing support uh, around JFR. And so in a previous release, we had basic JFR infrastructure in, uh, available, although really very few events. You could do a custom, but not much. Uh-huh. And now we're starting to see real actual events being implemented. So we're, you know, there's a long list to go through, but this is, it's, it's improving. And that'll make it easier for people to monitor the, the you know, native executables in production.
0: Ah, okay. So maybe you no, know, they they are doing this because of OpenShift. I assume, right? Because
1: they would. Like I'm assuming they they have they have a good uh, motivation, and we have the same motivation. We were doing the same work. So what's you know, great minds think alike. So we were working on JFR uh, also, and um, they are working on it. So we basically combined uh, you know forces, right? So they they're building it out, and I think this is actually really good. And JFR, since it was open sourced, I I don't know what do you know. Do you think people are using it more? Because when it was still a closed feature, I mean, even people who were using Oracle at Java Advanced, or Java SE Advanced, which included that, didn't really know it existed, didn't know, didn't use it.
0: Um, it was also a secret weapon, right? So, I, and I mean uh, the JMC and JFR, right? So the Java Mission Control. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is what what is known. And uh, yeah. and what I remember back then, I I I asked the uh, Swedish guy. I don't think he's at, at Oracle Marcus. anymore. No. Marcus uh, not Mark. no no Marcus here. it was uh, someone else it was he he was in charge of java client uh in one Actually. point of time and um and he told me that uh no he he um i have to find a blog post he said okay you can use now jmc you know uh, in development for free so this was like you know official oracle statement mm-hmm. and still people mm-hmm. didn't believe me was okay yeah, yeah okay but um we used from then it was like maybe 5 years ago or even more but uh, mm. in all you know task forces and performance related projects so GMC was used everywhere so everyone knew about that and yeah. the um and the um the killer features were of course that um we could uh, find out about you know the deadlocks uh, without uh, the the contention was easy to find and um without slowing down the application the problem right. with the other um um profilers was that if you profiled uh, something, so I actually changed the execution of the application, but with JNC worked better. And then we used uh, the events inside without thinking about that, because what you could do is like, you know, say if something happens, uh, the event should, you know, cause something else. Mm -hmm. So we use like uh, the events for automation.
1: And um, Hmm. you know Gunnar Molink? Oh, I see. You're using it as as, uh, like a messaging, like infrastructure, like this happened. And you were This happened, event. and
0: it, I, I don't remember, so we we, we said, okay, uh, the, the, uh, the application didn't behave, so if this event happens, then J, JMC did something. I remember you could internally, you hmm. know, react to the own events, right?
1: Yes, you can. Yeah. And this is the feature we had early was custom events, right?
0: Exactly. Yeah. And then, uh, I don't know what they you know Gunnar Molling. He uh, works on the Bison yeah. project. He's also very okay. active with JFR. And mm-hmm. what I wanted to do for a long time is actually to uh, you know read the JFR events and send them uh, to Kafka, let's say, and uh, and then have your uh, analytics outside just for fun because you know uh, I yeah. could get mm-hmm. a mm-hmm. large large amount of events and do something with it. The only problem is I have too much real projects going on, so it, it never happened.
1: <laughs> this is <laughs> you know JFR
0: to, to Kafka bridge, but this would be a, actually if I will find some time, I will do it for sure because uh, this is actually fun. Um, so I would say. Um, the JMC uh, and JFR is actually taking off uh, in, in projects where they need the performance. And, and, and uh, so I, I would say it is yeah. as successful as, as it could be, right? If someone uses something for profiling, it uses JMC. This is my, my observation.
1: Right. It's so funny, right? Because it's not new, right? It's been around for some, a long time. And Since yet, Since jdk one not- uh,
0: this, was, this was JROCKET, right? It, it came with uh, BEA, actually. I don't know the
1: history. That's not, that makes sense given who's involved, <laughs> the team who's involved
0: with it. Right? So, so my information is that the uh, the entire JMC and JFR uh, worked with the JRocky JVM because it yeah. worked differently to the Sun one back then, and um, yeah. Yeah. and they needed the performance profiling f- to to for the JVM itself. So they were able right. to emit, you know, the profiling information to the tool without slowing down the application because they needed okay. the information anyway. And then they, uh, I think Oracle or Sun, I don't even know, bought JRocket, and uh, or JRocket was part of BA. BEA. Yeah, and and then they bought both, but um, and uh, and then they merged JRocket with the uh, yeah. Sun JVM, and then uh, and this is how how it happened. And then after a while, it became open source. And uh, and yep. the open source is actually a huge success. I would say. Uh, I mean, uh, it is just like it is truly open source, and and it, the Oracle JDK is also open source, and um, yeah, I'm surprised actually. Did they it... win? Mm-hmm.
1: Didn't they win that? That uh, there was a Twitter, you know, battle of the features that I think Sharat Chander was running, and I didn't. Did JFR come out near the top? I think it did. Did it win? I, no, I, I, no. I, 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 you know, know. No, actually, no. What won? What won. won was usable null pointer errors. User-friendly null pointers.
0: OK, this is... Um, Which was like a
1: minor feature, but it went like best Java. Because, okay. of course, it's useful, right? <laughs> it's popular.
0: So it means that the... the the, the um, OK, on, on, on that note, uh, someone... This was a, a null pointer exception. So, um, someone presented me a pattern uh, a long time ago. And I say, look, um, I could improve the performance of my application. And say why? How? And I said, OK, here... Pre-warmed, he had a pool of null pointer exceptions, and it created lots of exceptions at the startup of the application. And then, mm-hmm. if something happened, he was able just you know to to throw the already existing uh, exceptions. And, and this <laughs> this saved back then you know some uh, some milliseconds. yeah look, but you know maybe the, the stack trace is no more correct, right? Because and. Um, and and but he was really you know into this into this idea. So um, yeah, you know, if it's such a projects uh, readable NPEs maybe maybe makes sense. But JFRs is huge, and um, and yeah. the recording itself is great. I would say the biggest feature of JMC that you are able to record record offline or how to call it, you can record asynchronously the entire stuff
1: and analyze later. Yes, true. And you can and, and you can run the um, the rolling file right. So you can do the black box. Mm-hmm. right? Like the flight, like the flight mm-hmm. recorder, it's the black box. So, mm-hmm. and, and I know when I, I, I was working on this uh, application container cloud service, you know, Java SE in the cloud in a container, we had JFR support it. Check the box, turn it on, right? It doesn't cost you hardly mm-hmm. any to mm-hmm. have this black box running. And it keeps, mm-hmm. you know, so many meg of, of data. If it crashes, you go look at it. Mm-hmm. And people would go, really? I'm like, yes. <laughs> you know, like it's, it's for free. It's there. there. Mm-hmm. So,
0: yeah, actually, it should run the entire time. You're right.
1: That's the whole point. Yeah, it runs if it's consuming, let's say, less than four percent. Maybe depends on how. I mean, obviously, it's still non-zero, but it's quite low. Um, and you can leave it on all the time. And you, it mm-hmm. is a rolling, um, you know, fixed-size file. It will maintain mm-hmm. for uh, history. It goes down. You've got the last uh, few minutes.
0: Yeah, and looking at JFR events, everything is garbage collection related. So, uh, what what was contributed? Yeah, GC. Face pause and GC phase pause level yeah. and garbage collection. You can yeah. see what they're
1: working. The, the team's yeah. working on. That. Yeah, yeah. But like I say, I think this those came from from Red Hat, so we're giving them all the credit. You know.
0: Yeah. For the Red Hat is great, and uh, yeah. yeah. Seems like Corpus has some garbage collection problems, maybe right? So this is uh... <laughs> <laughs> that was the first thing. That... <laughs> yeah,
1: we really need some insight into this garbage collection. That's, yeah. Well, uh, we could maybe read that in the tea leaves, I don't know.
0: <laughs> yeah. Uh, what is the next one? So, uh, static synchronized, okay, this is a minor one, seems like.
1: Yeah, there's a few that, the, again, with the project like us. So, if you look at our release notes, like, if you, I don't know if you're looking at Alina's blog right now, but if you look at the release notes, there's a lot of low level features that, you know, they're under the cover. You don't mm-hmm. see them. Like, a lot of the compiler team does a lot of stuff uh, in terms of fairly um, arcane, like loop, you know, mm-hmm. uh, unrolling, avoiding extra checks, a lot of low-level stuff that you don't see, we don't talk about too much, because it's it's, uh, it's sort of it's very focused, very small. Right? In, in the yeah, small, but it's but static synchronized that synchronized.
0: It could be big, actually, right? If this is a locking, I mean... This is why I'm asking because the other which feature are you looking at?
1: Remind me which feature you are looking at? Improved I, handling I,
0: I, of static synchronized, and this is in, I'm I'm looking at the show, show notes, uh, show notes release notes. Uh, <laughs> yeah, show notes, show notes come later. But um. static synchronized <laughs> methods, the lock is no longer stored in the secondary monitor map. Uh, uh,
1: okay, yeah. So you're looking at, you're looking at a compiler optimization. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 Sounds this, interesting. This, yeah. Is, and then we'll be we'll be benchmarking that, right? So everything we're doing is heavy benchmark driven, mm-hmm. and so. The the game will be in the small. If we have our test cases, how does it affect the test cases? So we you know we will say things like in our release notes that if you have you know loops that look like this, you know these loops could be optimized. Now then what we do is of course we run these in the large. We run just large applications, larger things uh-huh. to see whether they have a regression because who knows right? It could be some weird side effect, but uh-huh. um, typically not the case. Uh-huh. But uh, in the last in the last year, I'd say I keep seeing a lot of loop optimizations that's the one that keeps coming to mind is right, you know loop unrolling loop parallelization um, anyway the team does more than that but that's what sticks in my brain mm-hmm. so uh, so there's those but uh, I think the other thing in again back to major features which uh, we haven't talked about is in 22.0 mm-hmm. there was a large change in the output right native image build output significantly mm-hmm. uh, more user-friendly so that's a big change. So we're kinda of, the theme is kind of usability, like developer usability. So making it faster so you can get better feedback is in 22.1. Um and then in 22.0 is really improving the output so you could see things like uh, how many classes are we looking at, how many classes are, you know, how many classes can we get to or even methods can we get to from your program? Uh which packages have the most uh oh, okay. are contributing most to this to your 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 application, um that kind of thing. So you can you can it gives, well, part of it is it just gives you a better feeling that you can watch it doing something. You know, uh, watching a compiler do nothing is very uh, boring, also mm-hmm. non-informative. So this is really just more feedback for the user, and uh, that—that's the biggest thing I think we did in twenty-two-zero, at least in terms of and user, well, user, web user visible. Though,
0: which can be actually big. So you have some f- improved compatibility with GraalVM Web Assembly runtime with the Truffle yep. framework, yep, and so we can um, run. WebAssembly, mm-hmm. yeah, and WebAssembly could also be, also is already getting big, bigger and bigger, especially in serverless world. You know, edge computing stuff like that. I've so seen interesting.
1: this more. Yeah, yeah, it's true. Yeah, I saw. Um, sorry. Oh, I know. I was attending a. Huh, I attended the uh, UK Small Talk User Group uh, ah, the other week. Yeah, of course. Gilad you Bracca have to. Uh, to I know. I did. Yeah. <laughs> well, Gilad Bracka was talking, and he was presenting on NewSpeak, mm-hmm. um, which is a. It's been around a while, but anyway, he's giving a detailed um, talk on this and demos. And one of the things he said was right now they've shifted the implementation to run in the browser. So they're basically using um, the browser canvases and so on, the DOM, and also JavaScript as kind of their assembler, right? Uh But he did say that they had a version running, um, compiling into Wasm, right? Uh Uh, And I think he said it wasn't great because Wasm is not very good for dynamicism, for doing interpreters. I think that it's just I know from even discussing with our team um, that WASM's a bit limited and I think they're working on improvements to, to make it more universal right but it's designed for simple languages simple you know uh-huh. non garbage selected languages for sure right garbage collection no, there's no garbage selection. Yeah Wasm. I
0: heard this uh, several times that actually garbage collector does does not work well with with uh, WASM and uh, and yeah, nothing built in
1: Right. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> yeah. So they've. So so interesting part with that was yeah. So Speak, they're they're using JavaScript because I guess it's it's running on V8 which is really fast. Right. It's a really fast virtual machine. Does good optimization. So they get the best performance. Yeah. But Watson um, keeps coming up. you know, For sure.
0: What um, also interesting. So you did some improvements. So um now this we focus on Java, but um there are some improvements regarding JavaScript, Ruby. So uh, in twenty two one and Python, okay, uh, Python is a little bit faster, thirty percent faster and forty percent less memory. But no one uses Python, so who cares? I would well, say. Don't say that.
1: <laughs> There's a whole group of people who just went crazy. You know, like listen. Yeah. Did you see that number? I just saw the the uh, there was a graph posted on Twitter of the searches done in O'Reilly books, like for help. Mm-hmm. For help. It was okay. over- Now, yeah, I know. So that you could take this any way you want but the majority was python so either there are python users or python is the most problems right like you can definitely say yeah, it that way problems with the formatter um, <laughs> so so python was 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 big and the i guess the searches in terms of the trend the trend also was more python so we do see python as a as a priority right we do what, we what's, are working uh, what's
0: on uh so joking with aside so what's uh, what's really interesting is um i don't know if they remember the um 2006 around there was like Python versus Ruby versus Java. So Java was uh, was said to be dead, and Rails was big, was huge, and people like Ruby because of the aesthetics. So what they said, you know, a beautiful language and it looks nice, and Ruby almost disappeared, right? And what's interesting now that Python appears, but I think the only explanation is because of the scientific, you know, computing, like you know, the scientists are are, are um, uh, using Python. Because it's interesting that back then no one was interested in Python really. So there were some um, frameworks like um, how it's called this with um, it was competitor of Rails, which was also somehow Rails. Yeah, yeah. Um, forget for, uh, tw- not twisted. No, that's was, groovy. Sorry, that's
1: groovy. What am I saying?
0: No, no, no. Uh, no. It was uh, um, it was something with um, it's also with no snake something in uh, in in the name, <laughs> but uh, the uh, the. Uh, the uh, the Ruby was the huge winner because of aesthetics, because of the entire community, and 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 now it flipped. So interesting, why, right? So
1: yeah, it's it's all machine learning. It's the communities, right? It's communities who are using it for sure. Uh, the Ruby community was really big on uh, web applications. Yeah, right. So Ruby on Rails is all web. Um, but also automation.
0: We, I don't really remember. I think this, uh, you know, this. Uh, oh, yeah. I think Ansible or you know the entire uh, Chef. I think is also written in Ruby back then. There's all the DSLs yeah. were written in Ruby.
1: <clears throat> yeah, the uh, GitHub um, they use Jekyll for web, web page yeah, generation. Exactly. It's all Ruby, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. So it's handy for us because we have we have experts on in the VM team on all these languages. So yeah. we have tools like Jekyll. We're like, hey, we don't know how we can't make the website build. We need some Ruby expertise. Ah, good mm-hmm. thing we have, <laughs> you know, Benoit available. But uh, yeah, Ruby. Our Ruby performance is really good, right? That's the thing. So Ruby is interesting because um, there's a lot of there's still a vibrant community. Some large users of Ruby out there. Big com- I think uh, Airbnb. I know Shopify. Uh, large. Some large users of Ruby out there. So it's not going away. Python has just made its way into all this machine learning um, and also universities, right? It's, it's 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 an easy language to learn. I mean, I did some uh, Ruby programming and it's a bit odd, it's a bit of a hybrid, right? So it's got this, I was attracted to it because it had the small talk like blocks and such, but then it's got Perl-ish you know, all caps environment variables envi- You know, anyway, it's, it's, it's a hybrid in some sense, right? So I, I, I disagree with you a little bit on the aesthetics, looking at Ruby has never been my, you know, the favorite thing, it does look a little bit Frankenstein-y, but... No, uh, it
0: was not, it's not my opinion, uh, it was the opinion back then that the oh, yeah. uh, Ruby is a beautiful language. So this is what I heard you know over and over again. And Java is ugly and will disappear and is dead already. And I was, I was asked why I'm still doing Java and not Ruby. This was 2006. <laughs> and this is why I know it. Uh, and um, even, yeah, yeah. you know, look at my blog, That there were some comments in my blog post, even from the uh, DHH, because mm-hmm. you know, I said, okay, Rails is a little bit uh, strange with the transactions. Some projects were inconsistent, and he even commented on my on my, on my blog back then. So this is what I remember. And Python was... And by the way, the framework is Django. It was nothing with snakes, what I, what oh, I meant. Okay. Oh, it this this, this was, was the Django Has and, yeah, and, and Turbogears. They were the two frameworks I remember. And there was defined Django versus Rails back then. And, mm-hmm. uh, and, and Ruby almost disappeared, at least in what I see in projects. And and Python becomes stronger, even in, you know, in serverless computing as well. So um, the uh, Python is... Um, is uh, uh, as a, uh, I would even say... Even more popular than Node.js for no reasons. This is my 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 observation no. in
1: mm-hmm. Ruby definitely peaked. I mean, um, nothing ever goes away, right? I'm just thinking of mm-hmm. Heroku. Heroku had heavy emphasis on Ruby. I exactly. think, uh Way back, right? It was a thing they wanted to support. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, Python is important. I mean, it's just it's just getting uh, adoption. I, mm-hmm. I don't. I think it's just easy to use. I mean, Ruby is certainly concise, right? That, I think that was the attraction to Ruby. It's it's a nice concise uh, mm-hmm. language, you know. But uh, no. So GraalVM, our, our project is all about: can we run all of these languages on the same runtime, right? Yeah. So and can what we also see
0: com- R support, which is interesting. And the first we thing is, which I didn't knew about, or I learned something new: Java GD, huh? Java GD. This is in official release notes. Java GD is, and this is related to R. A graphics device route. Java graphics device. Never heard about that. And this is oh, this
1: is—I think this is the the the—is the R support? Yes. Uh, one of the um, the key use cases with R, with R is generation of, of uh, graphics, mm-hmm. g- graphs. So you mm-hmm. do some analysis, we're getting back some kind of image. So mm-hmm. maybe that's what you're looking at.
0: Yeah, exactly. So it seems like this R uses Java GD for the for the for the generation for the image generation. I actually don't know.
1: Honestly, yeah, it says you use internal. <coughs> R reporting. R is uh we're not spending a lot of energy on R these days. We do it's kind of maintenance. We're adding new features, we're adding usually uh, some uh compatibility, keeping up with, with R. Uh and there are people who use R. I mean there's we got use cases in the community of R users, right? It's very specialized. Um the problem with R is there's no spec, right? So this is really mm-hmm. challenging for language implementers. There's no spec for R. It's kind of like, well, some people wrote a thing called R. Yeah, um, yeah R just specs in Python,
0: you mean? Does yeah, Python has a spec?
1: No, I don't think so. You see, nor does Ruby, right? But Ruby has is more, is tighter. Ruby is control is more controlled. Um, JavaScript does, right? So this is why you see us. Uh, and I think the notes mention you know we're imp- we've got a very compliant uh, ECMAScript compliant implementation for JavaScript, and we also are. Um, it's very easy for us to add new features. So in the in the ECMAScript uh, working group technical committee. They'll look at new features, and we we can prototype them pretty quick. So mm-hmm. there's a few things in there um, that I can't remember what the list is. Um, but we've been adding these features and put them behind an experimental flag. Right, mm-hmm. you can try out the new feature, and it may or may not. But we we put them in when we're pretty com- confident that they're going to actually include it in this in the stack.
0: But R is interesting. Also, at conferences a couple of years ago, there was a lot of buzz around R. So it's interesting to do really? say it's a, yeah, like in maintenance mode. I thought I still thought that R is big, but Maybe
1: it it's it? it's it is still for the the community who use it right? like everything right nothing everyone has a community it sure. may not be front page but uh, it's out there it's it's active yeah
0: yeah yeah uh, I'm you know spend my time in enterprise project what I see and uh, and and back then R got some traction mm-hmm. and now I never heard about R anymore and yes. Python a bit maybe and uh, Node.js also and funny enough um, some Java developers assume that Java, you cannot just run Java on lambdas or in, or no, in serverless, and, and they assume they have to load no, uh, learn mm-hmm. Node.js or Python, and if I showed them that's actually not only possible, but it works great, and they're already happy. Yeah. So, OK, so yeah. we don't have to learn anything else. We can just you know, do whatever <laughs> we did and call it serverless, which is, uh, which is great. So Yes. Another interesting part, LLVM support and yes. uh, llvm is actually huge because it's like you know if you support llvm you support you know a lot um question is if you support llvm you could mm-hmm. indirectly also support swift is it, is it true from apple
1: yeah there's some talk of this so in theory yes uh, there's probably devil the details there's probably something that needs to be done i'm gonna guess we haven't tried yeah, sure this, right? uh, also the also rust so that's yeah. the bigger one. It's the more obvious one, I think, is Rust. <clears throat> I know some one of one of my colleagues is uh, keen on trying out Rust. Um, what we've been focused on is C libraries, C plus libraries, mm-hmm. right? That's that's the main thing because you want you have some existing C C plus library. You want to run it, if you run it in our managed mode, which is really interesting. Uh, it's really enter, it's an enterprise feature. Um, we can um, run the LLVM bitcode uh, in basically a sandbox, right? Uh, so we're able to. Um, if the if the C code is untrusted, and may segfault on you, then if you're d- using a normal shared library linked to your JVM, it can bring the whole thing down. If you're running in GraalVM, it you get a Java exception back saying, "Oh, that thing failed." Um, so so yeah, it's a it's a good backdoor, mm-hmm. right, for bringing in other things if you can go to LVM. Um, um,
0: uh, you, you never mentioned here in the show not C or C, but this is just C and C is always supported by GraalVM.
1: Yes, it's LLVM.
0: Yeah. yeah. Yeah, but yep. this is never mentioned. I mean, this is not obvious, right? You should mention that C okay. and C is so.
1: <clears throat> we used to put it, we used to have it in the list of things. I guess we're not really saying, focusing on it much. Uh, t- Interestingly enough, I actually have a customer whose principal interest is in C libraries that they don't trust, or at least they don't want to bring down their whole system when there's a problem in the C++ code. They want yeah,
0: but it. even, let's assume I have, you know, some encryption signing or whatever algorithm in C, plain C. Yes. So I could run it in GraalVM and communicate with Java safely.
1: Uh, yes, and also very efficiently. Yeah, yes, you can. Now you, yeah, but this is a
0: huge, huge use case, but it is never mentioned in the GraalVM. So I, I would say, <laughs> okay. you know, now I read the an an VM and I say, okay, uh, but now, you know, I can use C because um um. We in a web project, we had exactly the, the problem that so there was a C library which had to mm-hmm. be used, and what we did, we cross compiled it to VASM and run it with from JavaScript. It was very similar but in browser, but I can nice. have exactly
1: the same on the back end. You can do it with the, the with GRLVM. yes. You could compile the co- the, J- the C library to LVM bitcode and then load it and call it from Java.
0: This is uh, huge and C as well, right? So with C, yeah, object oriented. Yeah. You just need all the right libraries, right? You need all the libraries. <clears throat> yeah, but the standard libraries. I mean, the C C had you know the uh, standard standard lib in C. I mean, you mean if you if you yeah.
1: if you're happy with this, then it could work, right? Yeah, I think that's correct. Uh, the C plus. I'm I, I'm something in my brain is saying there was some uh, enhancement done in the last year for around C plus mm-hmm. but this is our use case and we use it ourselves because um, some of these other languages have native libraries, especially Python. Python has a lot of it, you know, there's native libraries. So mm-hmm. they're running on LLVM bitcode. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. So for us, but- LLVM is kind of infrastructure that we're building on mostly like Ruby, Python, they're sitting on top of this LLVM bitcode. Because uh,
0: Apple also uses the entire LLVM. They, they use it the in the xcode. So this is why. They do. And, and, um, there's also <laughs> s- attempt to run Swift, uh, as, as a backend language. This is why mm-hmm. I, uh, and, um, you can also run Swift in in a headless mode, so it's open source. And Swift is actually an interesting language. I mean, it, it looks a little bit like Kotlin and Java, so uh, this yeah. is why I thought it could, could run. Yeah, but you it have could to run. I, I had
1: the same thought you did some months ago. I thought I'd take a look. I didn't get very far in that investigation. I mostly ended up going down this rat hole of like Swift and open source, and you know, <clears throat> trying to figure out what it what was open source. It looked like. Well, I know there's dependencies on, on the Mac on certain libraries. And I guess mm-hmm. they're, on Linux, they've re-implemented it to run on Lin- Linux, decoupled from those libraries. But does it, have, does it suffer from the problem of having like a .NET problem of some of the libraries are definitely just about Apple, and some of the core, the core languages may be portable? Yep. Like to do anything useful, do you have to basically be on a Mac? That's mm-hmm. the question. Yeah. Then... The
0: biggest feature, maybe Java on Truffle, right? So we have done, uh, this was the yeah. former Espresso,
1: right? Well, it's codename Espresso. We st- it's internal. It's a codename. Codename. It's
0: codename, yeah. Yeah? And what about that? So what, what's
1: the progress? The mo- most, of the, most of the work there I think you see in the release notes is around hot swap. So it's around development mode. Mm-hmm. So we can redefine classes. Uh, even I think we can redefine up the class hierarchy. We can do. We can move things around. So it's a really interesting development. Um, mm-hmm. Features. The um, the performance still is not up to the, up to the level we would like, right? So it's it's still in the mode of it's it's functionally complete, but we still don't have the performance mm-hmm. uh, we're looking for. So that's that's time goes on. So what you see in in these truffle languages, is work done in one language leaks like benefits the other. So this is right. the, the good news, right? So we're seeing all kinds of uh, cross cross-pollination. One of the things that you see is these truffle strings in the notes there. There's a truffle string uh, and also regular expression. We have T reg mm-hmm. RegExp. So we have a a, a compilable regexp implementation, mm-hmm. right? So it, it, we can generate machine code mm-hmm. from, from this. Uh, rather than running it through some sort of regex interpreter, we actually compile the code. Um which is now being shared across, so we can expose that to different languages. Uh, it's a common implementation. And same thing with uh, these strings. We have these Toffle strings, which each all the languages are slowly adopting support for them. Right, So we're using, I think it's, I can't remember which language is the core language, um, is using it, but then it's spreading. So other languages, implementations start adopting these Toffle mm-hmm. strings. So what do, you, what, do you, what do you
0: mean by truffle string is like truffle is the canonical string which all languages are supposed to use and they are, then they can easily... In know. their
1: implementation, right? Mm-hmm. In their, in their, in, it's not the language. Like the languages have their own string definition mm-hmm. but in, under the covers. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> there's a string class. Mm-hmm. And so this, this class is designed to be more uh, give us some performance benefits, mm-hmm. efficiencies, right? Mm-hmm. So this is what I'm saying. You, you see that If you look at our notes, you'll see such and such a component has adopted truffle strings. Uh, because it's sort of making its way from, from yeah, the feature works. Um, it's working great in this language. Now we're going to spread out. Is it yeah,
0: and now we know the annotation thing is still making me curious, because w- what it says is every annotated element and its classes method fields will be included in the image regardless of reachability. It may require some configuration changes, especially for dynamically generated proxies, for example, using the following code. And there is one uh, example class with one annotation, accessed annotation, and non-access annotation. So um, the question is, is the access annotation comes from Graal, uh, GraalVM, or is it just a my uh, my annotation? This will be interesting to find out. So this is in the show notes. Um,
1: this is uh, looking through my own notes here. Uh-huh. You're looking at the release notes?
0: I'm looking at the org uh, release notes 20- 2212. And okay. it is, uh, I would say, there's a table with the, with the uh, performance, and then uh, maybe ten points later with the image. So there's one screenshot um, with excess annotation and non-excess annotation and the class example. And if you search for every annotated, you will find that every annotated, every every annotated elements.
1: Oh, yeah, okay. Or- I have not used this feature. That's our problem. There's too many small features to keep up with. But this feature could be um, big
0: or not. So this, it really depends. But it looks like?
1: They're basically saying that they're forcing it in, right? <clears throat> OK. Forcing it in to be included.
0: Yeah. But if forcing yeah. it to be included is a good news. Because if you annotate you know, your classes, then this is your configuration, right? I mean, then it's included and it's done.
1: I would have to check the docs to make sure it does what we think it's doing. Because uh, you can do this in, um, you can certainly provide textual configuration right, to, to manage classes, mm-hmm. um, the config class, right, mm-hmm. uh, or reflect config uh, file to force things in that we don't think should be included because we can't mm-hmm. find it through static analysis.
0: And then, not on a recent feature, but um, GraalVM also comes with uh, Visual Studio Code tooling. So can you tell us yeah, about so this? So may- maybe, you know, not sure. in 20 to 1, but in general. So what do we get with Visual yeah. Studio Code and GraalVM? This could be interesting.
1: Right, so what... Um, we started building out is uh, we want support for, because uh, just in terms of siblings, right, so we have the Micronaut work that's going on in uh, a sibling group. Um, we wanted good tooling for that. We wanted uh, also support for polyglot debugging. So by, the way, the great, by the way, Micronaut su- is great,
0: by the way. Super mm-hmm. idea. And what I like about Micronaut is that this uh, similar idea to Quarkus, but it works completely differently with the annotation processors. And? What is also interesting <coughs> is mm-hmm. that uh, Micronaut will support more and more of my stuff, it means micro profile and then almost Java E. So we get another very
1: capable runtime, actually. You're, you're close there. So if you look at um, the Heladon team, so they picked up things like Micronaut data and, and a few mm-hmm. things, right? Exactly. And they're working on, and we discussed this last time, but they're working on that uh, reflection free CDI, mm-hmm. right? So all these things, yeah. CDI lights, exactly.
0: Mm-hmm. CID Lite, yeah, thank you.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, so there, there is work going on there. Um, yeah, micro, I like Micronaut just because it uh, basically pre-computes everything at build time, right? So exactly. That's the, the key thing. Reflection-free, right? Which for native images, awesome. Because yeah, but reflection-free, <laughs>
0: but it behaves like a uh, reflection. This is actually the crazy stuff, right? Yeah, it because looks like it. It's,
1: it's, it's implementation difference, right? Yeah. Like those those annotations for dependency injection are, are declaration of intent, like what you want.
0: Yeah, but for the listeners, what it means is what they're actually doing in Micronaut is at build time, they can connect to database, fetch the metadata at build time, and then decide whether the query will compile or not, and they are basically type safe. And if you don't do this at build time, you will have to do it in runtime, and then you do it dynamically. So what it means is they do everything at build time, actually dynamically, because it doesn't matter. And at runtime, they are static, more or less.
1: It's just code. Yeah. So if you look at like dependency injection, when you say something like, uh, "But you say yes," I've got but class. this is
0: completely non obvious for all you know, enterprise Java yeah, developers. Yeah. yeah. yeah this, <laughs> is like, this is like if if you if if you if you if you think about this the very first time, you say, "Of course, it can be this way." But
1: I mean, this is completely different. You know, this is like this is the, you, this is the you know, yeah. This is yeah. the big this is the big thing. The yeah. big contribution is we can compute this exactly right. Yeah. Exactly. So the dependency injection is the simplest one, right? So if yeah. you say. I've got a project with uh, some uh, main program and some bean, mm-hmm. and in the main program, you say I want to inject the bean, mm-hmm. right? You say add, you know, mm-hmm. uh, then Micronaut just looks at that annotation processor, sees sees the injection request, basically it says, oh, the project has this only one. It actually generates Java. It actually generates classes behind the scenes mm-hmm. that basically do the work, right? So mm-hmm. rather than saying here's some reflection at runtime. Or a config file at runtime, like Spring tra- traditionally had done. Right, it would read the configuration and annotations, use reflection to kind of p- build things, put together. So there's lots of logic mm-hmm. in Spring, which is like reading things and trying to figure out what to do. Micronaut cases, they just generate the machine code. Not the machine code. They generate the classes that say instantiate this bean, plug it in here,
0: mm-hmm.
1: right? And then they compile that code. So if you're in a, an IDE with Micronaut and the annotation processor, um, if you look in the, if you look in the output. Uh, you'll see a whole bunch of classes that you didn't write, mm-hmm. right? Those are the classes they're generating to do all the the, the, the work, like and in the early
0: Java E days, right, where everything was uh, generated yeah. at, at deployment time.
1: As basically, it's actually <laughs> yeah. it's kind of similar, yeah. <laughs> so it, nothing is ever new. But if you, uh, if you think about the advantages, uh, you know, the, the the classes, like there's no parsing, right? And this yeah. this is actually the another step. That's not true. Actually, that's not true. There are still there's still a property file. Um, with Micronaut, um, application.yaml and various versions of that. And if you look at the work done, this Micronaut AOT, which coincidentally, the name is a bit confusing, but Spring team also blogged the same thing the same week. Micronaut and Spring both did this, which is they now uh, have projects to read all config and generate code for it, right? So pre-compute the uh, the configuration as classes so that boot time is faster. Mm -hmm. And it means you get less flexibility in the sense that, um, you know, if you know you're deploying to, say, Oracle Cloud or, or AWS, and you're going to make some decisions based on that, uh, it can be baked into that during the build. Mm-hmm. But it, again, it saves the, the compute at the at runtime. Say, oh, what platform am I on? Oh, AWS. Oh, I should go get this database driver. Mm-hmm. It's just pre-computed. And so, uh, Cedric, um, oh. Uh, about that I'll, I'll give you a link to that and share it with you it's really interesting and like I say what's interesting is both the Spring team and the Micro team were doing the same kind of um, optimization uh, because so they realized that all this parsing it,
0: uh, in, in another context what I know is that there's like a liquid base for instance the database um, migration tool and depending on database um, because if they use Postgres they deactivate all the <laughs> other stuff so they also do a, a database specific optimization um, right. Yeah. Which is, um, and by the way, what you get out of that is, you get the dependency injection errors at build time because if you let's say you have an interface and two implementations, and if you would like mm. to attempt, you know, the, to inject the interface, you get ambiguous dependency error. With uh, Micronaut and Quarkus, you will get the error at build time, and yes, all the other applications is, have it at runtime. Exactly. But the error. It's exactly the same. This is interesting. It looks exactly the same. You know, you know the error, but it happens well, you know at build yeah. time. This is actually a huge benefit of, um, yes. of of the of the how to call it build time deployment.
1: I call it. Right? Yeah, we see this too in just uh, creating REST uh, APIs. So you you annotate um, mm-hmm. you create a REST controller in a uh, controller in, uh, in Micronaut. Mm-hmm. You'll say you bind a method. It's like WS, right, or text rs You just bind a method to a to a path with a parameter, and then Micronaut will say, okay, let's say it's like slash person slash name. You know, it's curly braces name. That's the parameter, and then in your method signature, you say string name, mm-hmm. right? And then Micronaut will generate the code appropriately too because of convention. But at build time, you can be told, hey, that doesn't work. Like the, the, your string you typed in for the path doesn't name match the parameter, which in a in a Spring application it would fail at runtime. Mm-hmm. You'd be like mismatch, right? Can't find the parameter or something like this. So it's 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 true, right? It's it's an obvious thing. You could fix it at build time. And even if you didn't generate code, if you didn't do the micronaut thing, you could at least check it, right? It's a checkable error. Mm-hmm. Now, interesting. And then you have to buy into the annotation processing.
0: Right? Interesting that Oracle became, you know, the sponsor of the most lightweight framework on Earth right now, Micronaut, right? So I mean, <clears throat>
1: Uh yeah, I mean it's it's basically uh you know we're supporting all frameworks we're working really closely with spring team like the spring mm-hmm. native team um, we're <laughs> we have lots of friends I guess we we like micronaut because it's 100% new from the ground up very aligned yeah. with native image mm-hmm. right so this is great right um at the same time uh spring is a huge force in the in the market mm-hmm. right like it's it's a huge uh presence and so we want to make sure we work really well with them. And so you'll see things like the, those build um, support, like Maven Gradle. We work with the Spring team on uh, lots of work to to fix problems that Spring Native has found or alignment. So that's a really productive uh, partnership. Mm-hmm. Um, and then even the the Red Hat team, they've even got Mandrill. The, the basically they've got a downstream build of yeah. of native image in the in the native image. Sorry, in the Groovy VM GitHub repo. Like so we're, we're working with everybody, uh, you know. Because in the end, Java developers just want to do their... They There's a the tagline like
0: in Oracle, everybody's darling, or something like this, right?
1: Everybody's darling, that's yeah. it.
0: Uh,
1: I don't think that's... <laughs> that's right. I don't, think that's the, I don't think that's the marketing that Oracle's been using.
0: Okay. <laughs> uh, uh, back to the... Very briefly to the uh, Visual Studio Code tooling. So... Oh, sorry, uh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, this is because Micronaut was too interesting. But, um, yeah, I mean, what we get... With the Visual Studio, so uh, let's say I would like to have a small, you know, Hello World GralVM project. So, how Visual Studio yeah. code can help me?
1: Yes, you can. You can. Uh, f- you can create a project. You know, there's, there's wizards for creating a project, instantiating it, setting up the the uh, the environment. Um, it. Uh, Behind the scenes, what's interesting about this is behind the scenes, actually NetBeans is running back back there. So uh-huh. NetBeans language server is being used for uh-huh. um, language services. So uh, code completion, all the usual Java stuff is all back there in NetBeans right now. Um, but like I say for us, this is just basic Java support. We we also have this other use case with multiple languages, which we just at this point we um, can't get somewhere else. Mm-hmm. Right. So, if we want to have JavaScript, uh, if you want to have even Java code with JavaScript embedded and step from Java into JavaScript in the same you know environment, um, that's something we can get at, out of these tools.
0: By the way, I would use NetBeans more often. The problem I have with NetBeans right now is command space shortcut doesn't work, which is annoying. This is this is the only. But other than that, you have to, you should try NetBeans because
1: okay. no, command is space on a- yeah. Command space on a Mac is uh, Spotlight.
0: You mean yeah, but space? it works. Uh, yeah, yeah, I know, but uh, <laughs> it, it works actually in in all other tools, and it worked actually in AdBeans, but it doesn't mm-hmm. work for one year or two years. Um, command, yeah, command space. Is, I don't even know. I just
1: What's use it? control space. Uh, or control
0: space, yeah. No. Control space.
1: Yeah, it's control. It's control. Cont- control space.
0: Uh, of course. Uh, command space is uh, is uh, spotlight. Yeah, spotlight. I use it yeah, for yeah. for launching applications all the time. Right. Um, and uh, but uh, NetBeans is actually quicker than Visual Studio Code. It feels incredibly fast. So if you work with it, the editor is crazy fast. So it's it's a pity that mm-hmm. mm-hmm.
1: yeah. But yeah, Visual Studio Code is interesting. Uh, you know, uh, like it's gaining some traction. Um, I don't know if it's going to take over the world, but it's certainly gaining some traction. Um, there's, it's open source, most mm-hmm. mostly. I mean, VS Code technically is not open source. Uh, the Thea project, based on mm-hmm. on the sources, are is a fully open source uh, version. It doesn't have any micro, Microsoft, um, you know, metric ga- ga- gathering and such like that, right? Um, and then I see that um, uh, just yesterday or day before, um, uh, NetBeans or Net, sorry, NetJetBrains, JetBrains announced a partnership with Gitpod. I mm-hmm. thought it was really interesting. Have you seen this? Uh, the fleet project? So, no. With
0: with Gitpod. Gitpod, because uh, the new IDE is fleet, it's like a cloud-based IDE. Yes.
1: Uh-huh. Right. So what they so if you've used Gitpod before, um, they were using Eclipse Thea, which is VS Code. Let's say, um, where you can be in Gitpod, GitHub. Uh, they install a, a button for you. You can install the, the the extension. Click the button. It spins up a, a container environment, checks out your code, and then gives you a web interface with VS Code into that code. So you can basically debug your code, build your code, mm-hmm. all cloud-based. And they, just, and they just announced a partnership with IntelliJ to do the same thing, to bring their web I, web IDE mm-hmm. uh, to Gitpod. So you can really, at this point, I guess, get a choice between which IDE do you prefer. And Gitpod are saying, we're not really in the IDE business, we're in the cloud, cloud development mm-hmm. platform environment. So that's pretty interesting. So Net, you know, JetBrains um, is ca- catching up, right?
0: Yeah, and and I think Gitpod is even a German project, right? So I think the... Yeah, yeah. Yeah.
1: Um, yep. There's a bunch of Eclipse guys uh, from Eclipse yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. For Smalltalk, right? <laughs> Smalltalk no, guys. No, no, there's Java guys. No, actually, no, uh, X-Text. Did you ever see X-Text? Yeah, yeah. This, uh, the yeah. code
0: generator was huge in Germany. So this is the MDA yeah. tooling that's, and Xtext. Uh, and, yeah,
1: mm-hmm. Yeah, is it uh, it's Sven? Is it Effinger? Yeah, Effinger. Sure Effinger. Effinger.
0: Yeah. Uh, bright
1: guy. So, okay. Yes. Yes, mm-hmm. right guy, so he's in, he's in, he's one of the principal co he's the co-founder of Gitmod.
0: But um back to Visual Studio Code. What I think is um, maybe in one point of time there was something I know there, there should be competition because um, Visual Studio Code is not as snappy as it could be, right? so it it, it is perfect, but it feels a little bit too slow. And what I know is that the community was always sensitive, you know, for speed. So I always mm-hmm. got, you know, mm-hmm. the arguments like Vi and Emacs and and uh, Sublime, <laughs> Sublime and UltraEdit, whatever. It always the argument with speed. So I don't care. I like Visual Studio Code. I actually use it all the time right now. But I noticed mm-hmm. that actually the the um, I don't know the the, the feel it, it is lagging a little bit. So and it is hard to describe because it is I, I, it is, is Chrome based yeah. um, app. Basically, right? It feels like Slack,
1: more yep. or less. So it is. Yes, Slack and, and other things. Yeah, yeah it's, it is. It's like Electron or whatever, right? Yeah, so I'm just yeah, waiting
0: yeah. for you know, the true native implementation of that,
1: something. So uh, I guess it's, it's like basically it's Node, right? The front end is right? yeah. Node based, really. Yeah. Um, I don't know if it's, if it's the ID itself or whether we're doing Java whether it's because you're talking these language servers, which. No, even if using you're using JavaScript without language servers.
0: Uh, it is like uh, yeah. the editor or, or uh, it is like until it starts and, and does something because I have you know, a lots of projects and opening, closing all the time. My, my, my Visual Studio Code, this is one of the reasons why I'm using a lot because I go to folder code minus n dot and it opens, right? Yeah. And, and do you something see. with it. But it's still, yeah. um, I notice that it's actually, it's not as snappy as it could be.
1: But think about it, right? Think about it. You're, you're hitting JIT problems. It's a warm-up problem, I'm sure, right? You're running your JavaScript code on V8. Yeah. And it has to warm
0: up. Yeah, sure. No, no, I'm I'm, I'm still happy, but I'm saying that if someone would rewrite a part of that, you know, in Go, Rust, or or uh, (laughs) Gralvium, it it could, it will take off again. I think because the arguments. So the the, if developers say no, and now I have IDE and it's really really fast and not Node.js, then it's in you know fashionable again, and everyone will use the, the new thing. So this can happen. This is.
1: I, I don't know. I don't. I don't. I don't. Because Eclipse was huge. Slow.
0: Remember, remember Eclipse. It was like you know well, everywhere. Yeah. So it was like you know millions of plugins and whatever. And uh, and and the argument yes. was always, is "This is heavy and slow," which was not true.
1: Not true. No. 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 no it's, but but, not, but there was still slow. the
0: argument. No. Right? This is why.
1: Yeah, I didn't have a problem with Eclipse. I mean, I was, I worked on Eclipse plugins, right? Like yeah, IDE yeah. extensions for JPA. Yeah. Uh, our team, yeah. right? So I use it all the time, and I'm a big fan. Right. But, yeah. You know, I I I. I I have to say that uh, you know like VS Code is not there yet, right? That's this sure. is what I think. So um, from from the from the performance perspective, I would even say
0: that Eclipse should be faster than than VS Code, right? So from from the feeling, if you are editing
1: speed. I'd- yeah, you've got, you've got. I mean, ignoring the implementation, you've got Node code, TypeScript, mm-hmm. Node, mm-hmm. JavaScript uh, mm-hmm. on a on V8, which is a optimizing, uh, you know, a good chip compiler, mm-hmm. and then you've got uh, Eclipse, which is Java bytecodes running on. JVM good mm-hmm. bytecode compiler, so mm-hmm. you know I don't know whether um, Java is probably faster in the end. Yeah, but I, I, I'm not sure what the differences are.
0: I was not sure. I thought you know that you using both. So if you use Eclipse, the editing through the code, you can tell me you know is it there a difference because I Eclipse is
1: pretty snappy. Mm-hmm. Pretty snappy. I don't know. I uh, I don't use IntelliJ much. Uh, that's the one. I'm, I'm an oddity that way. So I don't know whether it it feels the same way. It's all Swing based, the old one, right? At yeah, least
0: uh, IntelliJ. Um, I think. It's hard to tell because it it, it, it it needs longer for initialized, and I don't think you know IntelliJ is well suited if you're jumping too much between projects. So it's really hard. You know, you have your, your your workspace, and this is a heavier. So I have a license, but. Uh, mm. then then I prefer an overview to the code if it, there's not lots of refactoring going on because I'm I just open without the ceremony, a project without you know millions of questions whether how to include the maven. So I would just like to open it and work with it, right? So uh, whatever happens. yeah mm-hmm. it's,
1: it's 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 good as a text editor. that's why I start, mm-hmm. started, how I started right? I go to conferences. You pop up, you want to show some Java code? Yeah. Studio code, right? Perfect. Because it just shows you nice highlighted yep. uh, code. Yep. And slowly but surely, you know, I'm starting to use it for, for more actually building things like with Maven projects and, and Gradle. Uh, even yeah, I use it actually Gradle. full-time now with Studio Code. So the, the, there
0: are no um, uh, Java actions, like it generates unit tests for you. You can you can swap between unit tests and the production code. The refactorings are good. You can generate constructors. Actually, I would say it is 80% there. So from the... yeah. From from the functionality. But it's a completely different topic. So, uh, you know, um, how. IDs how to, are a very religious topic. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Favorite even ideas. more than Python, maybe, right? So, um, yeah. uh, yes, possibly. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so, um, it was really interesting. Um, and um, yeah, we should invite you back on the next release, right? So, I would say in the next two releases. And then let's see. You should,
1: what, you, you should skip two. Yeah. So, the next one. <clears throat> the next, uh, the final release of the year is always a big one, right? So 21, the, the, yeah. the X dot year dot three is the final one where we're yeah, wrapping Christmas up release. the work. Basically, yes, Christmas release. Yeah. Uh, but in terms of long term support, so so there's some changes for us. So we, well, this is, it's it's more maybe the enterprise side, but we are aligned with Java, uh, the Java LTS schedule. So which put us in a funny position because um, we had a, a long term release, which is 20.3. Um, we did that. The next year, uh, we've now aligned with Java. They have 17. That's in the long-term support release. So now we have 21.3 also. So we have weirdly two years in a row, we have these LTSs, which for our support team is just more streams to backport to, right? Mm-hmm. More um, branches. To but right. We, more branches, exactly. More branches, more builds, more testing. Um, and security, right? We have regular quarterly security updates, CPU mm-hmm. Um for for Oracle JDK and Open JDK, so there's more work for us, but uh, we're aligned now, which means that the next long-term support release for GraalVM will be twenty-three, because that will be Java twenty-one, Is that right? Yeah, no, it's four twenty-one. Yeah, that's right. So okay. Java also changed, right? Java changed to a two-year cycle, mm-hmm. right? So we're aligned. So so that means that 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 means that this release here and people who are using GraalVM community they don't really care, but that means that um, um, normally, the last uh, an LTS release, we're going to try and squeeze things into the LTS release because it's going to be there for years. And if you want a feature, right, to be supported and to be used by customers in long term, or used by customers, they want it in LTS release. They don't want some feature release. Mm-hmm. You know? So anyway, so this year is not a long-term support release.
0: No, but uh, Christmas release is still us. coming.
1: So we'll still do it. Yeah, we'll still have Christmas. Okay, we'll, we'll call it that.
0: Yeah. Okay. Or Santa <laughs> release. It uh, depends on the marketing. <laughs>
1: Okay. Yeah,
0: it was right. really fun to talk with you again uh, about you know, uh, especially you know, performance M1 versus you know, uh, the MPR and uh, and uh, different options is always fun. And uh, yeah, I know I know that you also love Python even more than
1: small talk, right? I, I don't I don't know Python almost at all. Uh, yeah, I also I, I, I actually I wrote I, I I written some Python. I wrote some database testing with Python. I only know that it's it actually with Dev
0: sometimes. Right? Def D E. F and Def. then you write Def something. TF. Yeah, what,
1: what, I uh, I think it's time to learn some Python because yeah, everyone yeah, I, I know is like, oh yeah, Python's great.
0: I also think um, so. That uh, I actually wanted to 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 learn Ruby, but it, it did It's <laughs> okay, fine. So I saved some time. I hope that Python will disappear. But
1: uh... <laughs> well, you know, we should do a podcast, or uh, you know, uh, on all the languages that we use that are dead now, right? Because we were talking today about awk, mm-hmm. which is actually still very useful. awk but uh, I looked at Icon. I don't know if you ever saw Icon. It was a string. It's focused on string processing. And I remember, oh, yeah, I used Icon. It had interesting features. And I hadn't thought about it for a long time. But there's, there's these languages that come. And then they kind of, they, maybe they're researchy. They never really escape the research.
0: Yeah, uh, I I've wrote a short uh, blog post because I'm in this situation. I don't know. I, I get constantly asked why I'm still using Java and not what, whatever. That's the problem I, I have, right? So um, at the mm-hmm. beginning, <laughs> I, I remember I was asked why I'm not using Python. So Jython was very early, actually, so uh, really early, and people mm-hmm. ask me, "No, Jython." Then Groovy came out, and Groovy was—I uh, remember JSR, Java Specification Request for Groovy. So it was uh, mm-hmm. standardized, and I got question, you "No, know, why I'm not using Groovy? And Groovy will take over the world because Grails and whatever?" And I say, "Yeah, but nice. I mean Java is good enough." So then Groovy was disappeared a bit. Then Scala.
1: Was big, mm-hmm. yeah. Scala was big,
0: yeah. And Definitely. why, you know, in my environment, enterprise, everyone thought Java would, uh, Scala would win and Java would lose completely because Scala had built-in XML parser support. This was the big deal. So okay, um, at the time, I, I, yeah, I, I was not uh, no for, for me XML was a little bit better than YAML, but uh, not very, you know, appealing to me. So um, it was the old ESPs and soaps. I didn't want it, you know, to have something to do with it. So, okay, then let's see. Maybe Scala will disappear with the XML support, which happened, actually, more or less. And now I got questions about Kotlin all the time. So, okay, Kotlin is nice, but Java 17 is also great. And um, it is not like, you know, I'm Mm. missing features. So I really really like Java 17 and, you know... um, and, and I I'm, I'm happy so I'm, I'm just you know this is I get all every second year I get, uh, you know salon from from hat so why I'm not using salon mm-hmm. it's okay but because there is no need in my project so this is my my standard answer and and then some, somehow whatever I was asked it it wasn't it's not no more that popular and Java's just is you know it's, it's remains somehow popular
1: language I would say it's uh, it's amazing it's amazing yeah. um, <clears throat> I I'm, I'm, I'm actually surprised, right? It's yeah. still around. and yeah. it, 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 It's a testament to the community and the, and the, the, the governance of, of Java. But um, yeah, I mean, most languages don't last, right? They, have, they, they come, they go, they mm-hmm. reach a peak, and mm-hmm. something new comes to replace it, right? Mm-hmm. So Java being 25, 20, what now? What year is it now? It's 27 years old, mm-hmm. I think. Um, it's amazing. Right? Yeah. I mean, what else? I mean, C++ and C, I guess they're still around. Mm-hmm. Still popular. Python maybe right.
0: So it's um, also. Is it, is it how it? old is it, though? H. No. Is it? I don't know. When did? It, I, I think it's maybe one year question. younger or something. But this is uh, also this is uh, old language.
1: But some things. But Python weirdly now is getting popularity, right? It's because they they not... had the
0: new version, right? This was the Python 2000, the whole so two thousand whatever. So they everything. Uh, yeah. Okay. But completely yeah. different story. Uh, Sean, thank you. Where people can find you on the internet?
1: Oh, on Twitter. Uh, at Sean M. Smith, M. Uh, yeah. Middle initials so Sean M. Smith, S. H. A. U. N. M. Smith. Uh, that's where I'm most mostly. It's okay. Although I don't know, Elon Musk has just bought it. So who is buying it? Has bought? It, I don't know. We'll see if the world ends on Twitter. I don't know. But otherwise, no,
0: it is everything going to be better now. Um, and and <laughs> and, and, and uh, I assume VM is also on Twitter,
1: right? So at at Yeah. At GraalVM.
0: yeah perfect. Yeah. So if people can, Perfect. you know, have some questions to the show, then <laughs> Yeah, us. please. Yeah.
1: Uh, yeah. Hit me on Twitter for sure. And uh, I'd love to, to have uh, questions on, on, on Twitter. Um, yeah. I mean, it's funny because we have these different channels. You know, we communicate with LinkedIn, channels for VM, We've got all these things. And, and uh, LinkedIn is surprisingly um, busy place. I mean, I don't really use LinkedIn too much. but uh, No, I don't even
0: have an account. So uh, only. Oh, okay. Well, then I, I only have I don't a don't Twitter care. account, and uh, only Twitter. I don't have a Facebook account, and also don't have a LinkedIn account. So I saved, like the other languages, I saved a lot of time with the. Uh, I know, right?
1: I I don't have a Facebook account either, and probably like you know that's probably insane, but you know I I figure that uh, it's 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 Pete, right? Pete yeah. Facebook.
0: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Perfect. And um, yeah, then uh, see you next time. Okay, and talk about the Christmas soon? Christmas release. Okay,
1: <laughs> great. Have a good summer. <laughs> bye. Okay, bye bye.